Today is Good Friday, and what we do is we celebrate the death of Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. But the question is this, what does it all mean? People have discovered that there are many, many implications of Jesus dying on the cross, like Jesus dying for our sins, setting us free. But I want to talk about one of the implications, because this is the one thing that's really stood out to me this year. In order to discover this, we have to go all the way back to the Old Testament, one of the first books that were written called the Book of Job. Now, you have to understand that one of the main themes of the Old Testament is how powerful our God is. And in chapter 38 of Job, God starts to go on this rant of how powerful He is. He talks about how He, he organized the galaxies, that He put the stars in their place, how He commands the clouds to go to certain places. That's how powerful God is. Or like in Isaiah 45, God starts to brag about how you can't question me for what I do because I'm the one that created the world. Well, this creates a problem. If an all-powerful God wants to demonstrate how much he loves humanity, there's one thing that gets in the way. You see, because in the ancient world and even today, we believe that controlling somebody or being able to control and to love somebody are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Here's what I mean by that. God is all-powerful, but he cannot control you to love him. God is all-powerful, but he cannot cause you to submit to him because that by definition is not love. How is God going to demonstrate his love for you when he is all-powerful and all-controlling? Well, the answer to that is found in the biographies of Jesus. We're going to take a look at one of them called the book of John. In the 19th chapter, Jesus, who is God, is now bleeding and bruised and he's naked. He's hanging on the cross and he's looking down at people and these are one of the last words that he says. He looks at his enemies who just put him on the cross and he says to them, I am thirsty. Let's put that into perspective for a second. The God who created the world, the God who put the stars in the place, God who expanded the universe, the God who commands the clouds to be where they're supposed to be, that God is naked, bruised, and hanging on a cross naked, saying, I am thirsty. How did God end up in a place where he's begging the people around him for a drink? What happened to him? A few years later, one of the first Christian leaders, his name is Paul, he writes a letter to a group of people, and in that letter, he embeds a little poem. And in that poem, Paul makes it a lot clearer for us as to what was happening there. He basically says, Jesus, who in the very nature of God, did not equate himself to being God, but rather he humbled himself to the level of a human being, but even less than that, he lowered himself to the level of a servant, and even less than that, he is obedient to death on a cross. This is what it means. It means for the sake of love, for the sake of loving you and for the sake of loving me. He took his divinity, put it on the shelf, and became a human being. It means that he let go of the control and the power that he had. It doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't have power. What it means is that Jesus took his power and pushed it to the side for the sake of showing his love for us. Now here's my point. 2,000 years ago, on that Friday, when people looked at Jesus hanging on that cross, the very first thing they thought of was, Look how much God loves us. Yes, there are so many great benefits to the cross, so many things that we benefit from. But maybe this year when we look at the cross, we shouldn't be looking at what we get out of it. Maybe we should look at the cross this year and say, wow, thank you so much for loving me.